Amen. Again, just a, I guess to plug what we're doing, um, we're reading through our Bible um, this year. You know, statistically, if you go into most churches and you say, if I was to, and I'm not going to have you guys do this, but if I was to say, how many of you purposely read through your Bible and ask you to raise your hand, you'd be surprised how many hands don't go up in churches because we go to church and we'll crack open the book on Sunday and, and, and we're going to read a little scripture in here and then that's our scripture and that's not enough to fill you for the week right? And, and so when you need to be in there, I get asked a lot of things, uh, a lot of different ways. How can I increase my walk with Christ? How can, I, how, can I, how can I serve God better? And I always come down to two main things. One's pray. Seek his presence daily. And the other thing is, is be in the word. Be in the word. And the, and the cool thing about it, you know the best day to start reading your Bible? Today, absolutely. And so the Bible that's laid out, this is a one-year Bible. If you start and you go through a full year, you'll read the whole Bible. You'll read through Psalms at least twice, and you'll read through Proverbs once, and you'll read through the complete Old Testament, complete New Testament that's in it. And the cool thing, you say, well, Jeff, you know, we're, we're well into the year now, and, you know, maybe I'll just start in January. I would say don't do that. I'd say you go to today's reading, you read today's. And you can dog-ear that page if you want, and then you know when you come all the way back around and you're in January, and you keep on reading, when you get to today, you'll have done it. But if you work to January, a lot of times we say, what, what's a, the Christian tell off to someone? Well, I'll pray about that. You know, you'll say, hey, I'm going to do that, and we won't do it. So I want to really encourage you. We have these in the Bible, and uh, we have these in my office, and if you want one, if you can't afford one, you come and get me, and I will give you one. But the, the regular print are $13, the large print are $15, so they're really economical, you know, as far as to do it, but I would really encourage. And you say, well, Jeff, I already have a Bible. That's fine. You can use your Bible. If you go out online and just write one-year reading, and it'll give you reading for every day, and you can just highlight and mark those off of that. But I would encourage you to get back in the Word. Um, I know when I was reading, I... I, I this year so far, every I've preached out of, I think except for one week, maybe two weeks, I've preached out of something you've read over this week. And I know when I was reading this week, I'm like, okay, God, what you got for me this week? I'm ready. All right. I stopped it Monday. God spoke to me Monday, and he says, Jeff. And I'm like, okay. And so I kept on reading my Bible all the way through the week, but I got stuck on Monday on it and then just God really worked on my heart on it and I got to thinking about it and today's sermon is going to be becoming all things I know it says all things in your in in your bulletin but becoming all things and I got to thinking what does that look like what does it look like for me to become all things to people on it what does it look like in my life if I start living my life very outward as an outward Christian and I start start walking boldly in the word, uh, the word in, 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 in Christ's way, and, and I, how does that look? What will my church think? What will my family think? What will the people at work think if I start living a life worthy of Christ? What does that look like on it? And, and can I really trust God for his words. Can I trust for what he said he would do in my life and around me? Can I do that? You know, it's, it sounds like, you know, you hear me saying these things, and you're like, well, Jeff, yeah, we can do it. My question is, why aren't we? 
Why aren't we? I want to read something to you. Right in your, your, your Bible, if you'll open it up into 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you don't have one, there should be several underneath pews. Uh, the pew chairs on there as well. Um, and plus, it'll also be up on the board on it. And, and starting in verse 19, it says, it says, Though I am free, this is Paul talking, and Paul is just... Let me give you a little background here. Paul has just got done talking about immorality in the church. And he talked about things that were being allowed to go on in the church that were definitely not healthy for a church, but they were also not healthy for their people. And, and, he, and he hit a broad spectrum of different topics. And so he's going through all this, and now he's going to start talking a little bit different onto it. He's, he, says, he says, listen, he goes, though I'm free and I belong to no one, because Paul was born a Roman citizen. So in his time, to be free would be to be a Roman citizen. And you came by it one of two ways. Either one, you paid for it. You bought yourself out of slavery, basically. Or you were born into it. Okay, and Paul was born into this. So I want you to think about that when he talks about his freedom. Freedom was, is a little bit different than we think today. Um, we take freedom for granted in America. But it's not like that all around the world. So, but Paul says in verse 19, I'm sorry, it says, Though I am free and I belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though uh, Though I myself was not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those that have not the law, I became like one of those not having the law. Though I am free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So to win those that not having the law. Um, in the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share its blessing. See, I got to thinking a few different things. For, for me to become all things to all people, what does that look like in my life? And the first thing I figured out is that, you know, I got to deny myself. My first problem is me. Because... I, I shouldn't care what you guys think, but I do. I shouldn't care what people at my work think, but I do. And, and I think we do that a lot on it. In verse 19, Paul talks about it. He says, though that I'm free and I belong to no one, I've made myself a slave that I might win as many as possible. See, Paul had to deny himself. The first thing he had to do to be used by God to become all things to all people so that he can be used for God is first thing he had to do is deny himself. Paul had to set Paul apart. And see, we have to do that in our lives too. There's a lot of things I like to do. And sometimes I have to say no because this is better. Well, but I have a bunch of people who go, no, this is better is what it is. See, Paul put Christ first in his life. See, there's a, there's a way that our life is supposed to be um, structured. 
And I can go around and talk to different people. I say, what's number one in your life? And they'll say, my, my kids. My kids are the number one thing in my life. Well, that's fantastic. But where's your husband stacking that? And where's your God stacking that? See, for me to be effective, for me to be the husband that my wife deserves, I have to put God first in my life. Because God is who gives me the ability to love her the way I should. Well, what about my kids? Here's a great thing. If I take care of my wife, my kids automatically get taken care of. Isn't that kind of neat how God does those kind of things? So when we're, what about your job? Well, when I put Christ, well, I might lose my job if I put Christ. I promise Christ will put you in something better. Or he'll change the people around you. We've got to put him first in our life. In all things we do, not just Sunday morning. Well, why are we going to church? Well, because mom and dad are making me. Why not go because we love God? We love what Jesus Christ has done in my life. You know, listen. The reason why I'm here this morning is because Jesus Christ saved my soul. I owe him my eternity. I owe him my everything. And he says, Jeff, I just want you to be faithful. I want you to... I want you to be faithful to tell people about me. I want you to be faithful to, to, to the body of Christ. I want you to just be faithful. And listen, I'm forgiving everything that you've ever done. I'm forgiving all the sins that you've ever done. I'm forgiving everything. Man, that seems like a pretty good deal. For me to deny myself, I have to do, I, I got to tell myself this, it's a long word. No. Well, I want to know. And it's hard. It's hard to tell ourselves no. And in chapter 10, the very, in the very you guys are going to have to bear with me here. I'm struggling because my sinuses are really killing me. So I'm probably going to sound like Joe Cocker before this is all done. But you guys just go with me. I'll just I'll growl it out. So on it. <clears throat> and I got water up here. So we're, we're going to be ready for this. Uh, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and 31 through 11.1, it says, this is Paul again. He says, so whatever you eat and whatever you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone around you to stumble, whether the Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. Listen to this part right here. It says, even as I tried to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that many could be saved. Paul is really unpacking this. See, the cool thing about Paul is, Paul's your unlikely to, you know, apostle. I would not have picked Paul. If Paul found out you were a Christian when he was Saul... He was going to make your life bad. He was going to throw you in a prison. He would see you stoned. When, the, when Stephen got stoned, the person that they laid their coat at their feet was Saul, which would later become Paul. But here he is. He's a, he was a Jew's Jew, a Pharisee's Pharisee, taught by the best teachers. But he's... 
the apostle to the Gentiles. To you and me. That's who he's the apostle to. So he's our example that we see in Christ. And we look at Christ. And I want to live my life so worthy to Christ. And Christ is my overall example. But man, I tell you what, that's a high number to attain. And typically what we do is we look a little higher. We look a little lower down on the ladder as we're trying to work our way up the ladder, right? Get your focus on the step that you're trying to go next before you're trying to step to the top. If I try to step up to the top run of the ladder, that's kind of hard, right? But I can step on the next run. And the next run. And so Paul gives us a great example on how it is to live to Christ. He says, even as I try to please everyone. How many of you guys have been people pleasers? It's tough, ain't it? It really is. But Paul says, listen, he goes, even as I try to please everybody. Listen, I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it so I can lead people in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I know that's much better. I think, of, I think of John the Baptist when John the Baptist was the man, okay? He's up there and people are coming all around to hear him preach, see him baptize people, and then Christ comes on. And all of a sudden, you know, John's fame is going this way. Christ's fame is going this way. And they come to, they come to John and they say, John, listen, is, are you okay with this? What's going on? He says, listen, I must decrease so he can increase. And that's what Paul is saying here. Paul's saying that, listen, I want to point towards God. I want to point to Jesus Christ, my Savior, and all that I do. And all that I do. He wanted God to be glorified. See, I, not only do I have to deny myself, but the next thing I have to do to become all things, i got to meet people where they're at. See, I'm going to say something here that might, I'm hoping it doesn't offend you. Know my heart. Church evangelism is broken. People do not walk into a church anymore to say that, listen, I've lived my life. I understand that I've got some problems. I want to come into church. Will you save my soul? That just doesn't happen anymore. Occasionally someone will come into a church and they'll find out that they did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ and save it. But church evangelism, bro, we're not going to win anybody to Jesus Christ sitting in our seats. This is not where ministry happens. See, Paul understood that. He said, for me to become all things to all people, I have to go out to where the people are. Ministry does not happen inside the church. It happens outside the church is where it happens. See, listen, we received a gift. The gift is Jesus Christ. And what happens is, is so many of us want that gift and we grab it and we hold it and we want to hide it. And we say, but I got it. It's mine. That's not what Jesus did for us. Jesus saved our souls so we can go out and hand the gift out to everybody. Listen, if I had the cure for the biggest disease that ever raped this world, would you hide it? Would you keep it? By the way, Jesus is the cure for that. It's called death and hell. Listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been in life. I don't care who your family is. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are built for eternity. It's either heaven or it's hell. There is no middle ground. I have the cure for that. It's called Jesus Christ. 
He says, listen, he goes, if you will turn yourself over to me, if you will believe in me, if you will trust me, I will forgive you of your sins and I will save your soul. That's Jesus. To re- we are in the most cultural, culturally diverse world I think we've ever been in. We are truly a melting pot of all different kinds of cultures, different people, different views. And listen, we have a whole generation of people. We have a whole generation of people that have never stepped foot into a church before. If I went back in the 50s, that would change. That's not too long ago, is it? We have a generation of people today that do not know who Jesus Christ is. If they use the word Jesus Christ, it's usually probably in a curse word. What does that mean for us? That means we got lazy. See, we, we got into this view that, that we've built up the church of Jesus Christ and North America is so big that, that people are going to come from left and right and they're going to come in and they're going to see it and they're going to want to be a part of it. But the fact of the matter is, they didn't come. And today we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches every year that are closing their doors because we forgot the Great Commission to go. See, we wanted to sit on our pew and not give out the gift. Our gift was made to share. When I sit down and I talk to someone I've just met, a lot of times, if we're in a place where I can do this, I'll ask them a question. I'll say, tell me about your story about Christ. Do you got a relationship with Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I got a relationship with Well, tell me about that. Well, you know, I went to church when I was younger, and, you know, and I grew up in a church, a Christian family and everything. I said, that's great, but tell me your story on it. Where was that point where you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Well, I'm working on that one still. Really? Listen, you got to, that's the front part. That's the starting line is Jesus Christ. That's where we start. I've had multiple chances. By the way, we live in a target-rich environment. If you sit down and you talk to someone, these guys just got out of the jail ministry, and they were just in there for this week. And you talk to people, and they want change in their life, and they don't know how to do it. Jesus Christ is the best way to start. And listen, I'll talk to people, I'll say, well, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And they're like, well, I'm working on that part. Well, do you want to work on it today? Why don't I show you from the Bible and how you can have a relationship with him? Would you like to trust Jesus as your Savior today? I would love to trust Jesus as my Savior. Fantastic, let me show you. I'll show them from the Word of God how they can know they can have eternal life. 
If you've never led someone to Jesus Christ, you're missing out on the greatest, one of the greatest things that God ever does for us other than save our souls is give us the ability to leave other people. That's what Paul's talking when he says, I became all things to all people. In verses 20 through 22, it says, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like those under the law. Though I myself was not under the law. So to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am, I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. To win those that are not having the law. And to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all people that by all possible, win, by all possible means, I might save some. See, Paul understood that he could sit back and have a little effect. Or he can go boldly for Christ and have a major effect. So, Jeff, what does it mean to become all things to all people? Because the one question I get is, is, well, I'm going to go win my friends in the bar, and I'll sit down, and we'll start shaving back beers, and I'll start telling them about Jesus Christ. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about justifying sin with sin. That's not what he's talking about. What he is talking about, though, is, is the guy that's down the street that's broken down on his car. And we drive by, and we think, wow, sucks to be them. No, you pull over and you say, can I help you change that tire? Can I give you a ride over here? The neighbor that's out there digging a new water line for his house, and you go over in your garage and you grab a shovel and you come over and say, hey, brother, can I, can I, you mind if I shovel with you? Anybody in their right mind is not going to say no. Right? That's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about coming around people. Listen, this is how you show love. Love is not shown in words, it's shown in action. When I love people, my actions speak it. I can look at my wife and say, I love you, but if that's all she ever gets, it won't be enough. But I can look at my wife, I can touch her hand, and she knows my love for her. When I care about the people I work with enough to say, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Can I, can I tell you about him? You know, Jeff, I don't believe exactly where you are. That's okay. That's okay. Would you, would you mind if I just told you a little bit? Probably going to say yes just to make you go away. And you know what? I will. I'll say, okay, yeah, listen. Let me just tell you what he's done for me. See, here's the cool thing about Jesus. I want you to think about planting. As you cast out seed. Have you ever seen people cast out seed in the field and go through the field and try to pick it all back up and put it back in their pocket? We don't do that, do we? No, you cast it out. You broadcast it out. See, God's word, when we broadcast it out, it never comes back void. You might not see it grow. That's okay. Because what happens is Rose comes down later, and she tells them about Jesus. She pours a little water on it. 
And then Troy comes by and he pours a little bit more water. But eventually God starts softening up that hard heart. And what happens is God gives the increase. I am a true believer. I, have no, I do not have any idea what my life will have an effect on this world. But I know when I get to the other side, when I'm with my Savior, listen, I just want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. Bible says I'm going to get some crowns. I get to cast them at my Savior's feet. I want some crowns to cast at my Savior's feet. All right? To become all things, we've got to share the gospel. The gospel's the key. The very last verse that I read in verse 23, Paul says, listen, I do this all, I do all these things. I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I may share in a blessing. There's a quote I'm going to have her put up here. It's by Bob Goff. It says, quit letting those, uh, quit letting who you were talk you out on who you become or who you're becoming. That's deep right there, isn't it? Quit letting who you were in the past dictate on who you're becoming in the future. See, our past tells us that, listen, we don't want to do this. But our future says, yes. No to myself, but yes to it. Man, I love that. I'd like to say I found that, but my wife found it. So she's good. See, the gift I received in Jesus Christ was personal. It was just for me, right? I can't receive your gift to save my soul. But I can receive the gospel. That was the gift. But the gospel is a cool gift too because once I received it, I can start handing it out to other people. It changed my life. Gospel was made to share. Jesus, Jesus never meant for us just to grab it and sit on it. Listen, if Jesus, if our only thing that we had in, in life was to trust Christ, why are you still here? Why doesn't Jesus just rapture us out of here? We've got ours. See you guys. But that's not what it is. It's made to share. How better to show that love I talked about than to show someone what Christ loves them and what he did on the cross for them. See, Many think they're going to heaven because they got a form of religion. I am not a, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I kind of take it as a little slight when someone asks me if I'm religious. I really do. Because I think we have way too much religion in this world. I've talked to people that say they're a Christian because they were born in America. I've talked to Christians, people that say they're a Christian because they go to a Christian family. I've talked to people that say they're a Christian because they go to church. But they lack a relationship. See, Jesus Christ is relational. 
I think I've shared this with you before. In Matthew, Jesus is a really cool thing. So Jesus, Jesus drew a crowd, by the way. Did you guys notice that? People want to see what it had. Some people just came to see the miracles, see if they're going to be fed. And Jesus had this big crowd around him. And he had all of his apostles were behind him. And he, he turns from the crowd and he looks at his apostle and he's talking to him. He says, listen, he goes, many are going to say that they came in my name. And they've cast out demons. And they've done all these different things. But he goes, I'm going to look at them in that day and I'm going to say, depart from me because I never knew you. He wasn't talking to the crowd, guys. He was talking to his apostles. He was talking to the church. It's not how many times you go to church. It's the one time you trust Jesus as your Savior. That's what it's about. See, they've got the works. They've got all the stuff. They're doing all the things that Christians do, but they forgot one thing. Jesus. That's what they forgot. We've got to break out of this politically correct thing. Don't worry about what someone else believes or what they say to you. Well, you know what? You just have your religion. You keep all that stuff and everything, but just keep it to yourself. I got in a conversation with a guy and, and at, at work one time, and, and I was wrong how I said it, but I did. And he got really... He had some views on some stuff that didn't necessarily line up with the Bible. And, and so he tried to start telling me about the Bible and everything. And I said, why don't we open it up? Because I don't think you know what you're talking about. And he got really offended. So he says, you're not allowed to talk about religion or politics here at work. It's nowhere in our company that we can't do that. So, but that'll happen. Or, or you're, why do you keep on shoving Jesus down people's throats? We got complaints here at our church and our youth program because we were telling people about Christ. That is a complaint I will take every day. Amen. You're sending your kids to church and they're going to tell them about Jesus. Who would have thought that would have happened? <laughs> right? Listen, we've got to quit worrying about what other people think. Let's cast the seed. Let's broadcast it far and wide. I mentioned about Celebrate Recovery. If you haven't been to Celebrate Recovery on Monday, I encourage you to it because what you have is you got people meeting people where they're at and telling them about Jesus Christ. That's a great ministry. By the way, what's happening here at this church is unique. I have lots of friends that are pastors, and I celebrate recoveries in their church, and they ask us, how, how, how many of you guys are running? And I give them the number, and they're like, what? Because most celebrate recoveries are running about 10 to 20. And we've been as high as 70. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. My brother got up here and talked about looking a little different. There's people with how I look that I will never get even a chance to share the gospel with. But you guys do. There's people that's been in your guys' life that would never let me, but they know you love them and they'll listen to you. Listen, 
If you have someone in your life that you've shared the gospel with and they're not receiving it, why don't you bring it to your brothers and sisters and let's just start praying for that person. Earnestly seeking God for that person. Let God start working on their heart. And you might be surprised on who God sends to do it. To become all things to all people, it really comes down to three things. First, I've got to deny myself. Then I've got to become all things to all people. That I might win some. Meet people where they're at. Then I got to do this, the hard part, share the gospel. It's really that simple, isn't it? Guys, I am so thrilled with what I see God doing in this church and in this community. As you guys leave today, outside on the table out there, there's a box of cards. We just got a whole bunch of these. We got a thousand of these printed. I would love to have to print another thousand next week. And basically, this is it's a it's a really offensive card. It says, "Come worship with us." Gives your Sunday morning Sunday school time. Gives us our worship service time, and that's it. Let's draw a line in the sand today and say, "Today, today is going to be the day that I change." Today is the day that I'm going to start telling people about Jesus Christ. I'm going to start sharing the gospel. Listen, you might have a hard time doing that, but you can invite them to church. I promise I'll give them the gospel. But I'm going to encourage you to give the gospel. I had a pastor friend that told me that when he trusted Jesus Christ as the Savior, he was so excited, he went out and started knocking on doors around his neighborhood. And, and he said the first guy I wanted is... He, he, couldn't explain to him exactly what happened in his life, but he was so excited about it. He goes, the guy says, I'm going to go to church with you anyways because I don't know why you're so excited, but I want to see this. He wanted to share the gospel with him. He just couldn't. He was just too pumped up. And the guy came to church, and he found out what he was all pumped up about and trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Sometimes it's just inviting people. I'm going to go ahead and ask the band to go ahead and come on up here on it, all these good-looking bald people. Now, the rest of you guys with hair, we're going to have to pray for you. (laughs) And listen. I've noticed I said listen a lot today. Forgive me on that. Let's redevote our life to Christ today. Let's not worry about what happened in the past, what happened last week, what happened yesterday. And let's just say from today on, I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. I'm not going to let my past dictate my future. Let's walk boldly for Jesus Christ. Everybody stand, please.
My brother, I'm gonna. Can you turn this one on? I'm gonna have my brother come up here. He he he's got something he wants to share with you, that goes along with what we were just talking about. Go ahead, brother. You know, I grew up in a very very traditional Baptist church, um, and was there at six weeks old. Been in church all my life. And I met my brother, Joe Allen, back there a year ago, just about now. And uh, his bike broke down right in front of our house where he's having some trouble with it. And uh, I walked out and talked to him. You know, I was a fellow rider, you know, you know, and I noticed his cut, and he's got a big cross paid in full on front. Amen. <clears throat> when I read that quote by Bob Goff, let me look at it because I wrote it down. <clears throat> Quit letting who you were talk you out of who you're becoming. Now we look at this a lot of times and say, well, you know, Lord, I was dirty, I was this, I was that. But the other side of it was, Lord, I come from good home and this and that, and I'm not used to going where the people are that need to hear. And that's the attitude of the Pharisee. You know, he walked by on the other side, you know. 
He didn't have time for that Samaritan laying over in the, in the ditch there. You know, but uh, the Lord has given me an opportunity to reach people I never would have touched, never would have spoke to. You know, other than, and, and what I realized was there's so many guys at our work that are just like this. You know, so it's, they're not strangers to me. You know, but I always looked at them as, Lord, you know, gosh, how can I do that? But I found it so natural. I mean, we were at the prison yesterday, and these guys are just guys. They got involved in drugs. They got involved in alcohol. They did something stupid. They got locked up, you know. Hopefully, some of them will learn their lessons. And, and we were talking yesterday. One time we were walking across the yard, and I said, you know, I see some guys in here that are broken, and they're wanting to get it right and get out. And I see other guys in there just as arrogant as the day they walked through the front door, you know, and they haven't learned a thing, you know. But God has reaches down and touches people where they're at. So don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Don't be afraid that your, your past, your dirt, is going to prevent you from doing something great and awesome. Because I've seen both, you know. I've seen people just break free and do it. Don't let anything hold you back. bind us together in just a second as, as I dismiss you, but I do want to say one thing about this church. Maybe not. I do want to say something about this church is that we've had a lot of different people that have come in the church, some with piercings, some with tattoos, some with uh, shattered past, and I want to say that I, I am so proud of my church and the way that you've loved on people as they've come in here, and, and they haven't felt like they've come in and they've been judged because they've had enough of that in their life. And you guys have loved him. So guys, keep on doing what you've been doing. Keep on telling about Jesus. And we're going to see that victory. We're going to see that victory. If you guys would hold hands.
Thank you.